0: All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Difficult Conversations by Supply the Why. Believe it or not, this is season seven, and uh, we're back at it after taking a little bit of a break, and we're starting just the way we left off with lots of momentum. So tonight, I have a very special guest. Somebody who isn't just somebody that I met in my adult life; it's somebody who I met as a teenager, and I kind of took a step into adulthood with this young man. He was a starting quarterback on my college football team, and we were co-captains together many, many years ago. So uh, we've grown quite a bit. We've gotten a little more gray and a little more bald, but the love is still there. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring Emil on. How we doing, Dean? Emil, how you doing, brother? Oh, my, dude, you're dating us too much there. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're nice and clean-shaven, and your bald looks natural. For <laughs> me, you can tell that my hair's falling out, and uh, I look like Father <laughs> Christmas with all the white hair in my beard. How you been, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No complaints. All right. So we got a lot to talk about, not that much time. So yeah. um, let's talk to me a little bit about Ragnar. Talk to me a little bit about what you do now uh, in your day-to-day
1: life. Yeah. So I spent, um, you know, 20 years in college strength and conditioning. Um, and then about four years ago, you know, my kid's getting older. So I started looking at some other opportunities and uh, got an opportunity to, to step out of it and um, with that job, I was also able to start my own business. Um, so training youth athletes, um, as young as my youngest son, who's in fifth grade, um, and some of his buddies, and then up through college. Um, and then back in September, I actually started uh, back in college. Um, so I'm actually the head strength coach at the University of Hartford now as well. Um, so being able to do both now is, you know, the best of both worlds for me. Um, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun, but a little bit of a juggling.
0: It, it's got to be tough. I mean, University of Hartford is that Division Two, Division One?
1: So it is Division One. So I was actually the head strength coach there uh, about 20 years ago. Um, I was there for four years uh, before I went down to Yale. Um, and last spring, they actually made the announcement that they're going to transition to Division Three. So um, we're in a bit of that transition now. Um, you know, when is that fully going to happen? I think it's another year uh, before we actually make that full transition to D three. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to be a division three school with, uh, some amazing facilities because, you know, yeah. actually, as a division one, we've got an unbelievable baseball, softball stadiums, um, soccer, lacrosse stadium, weight room, athletic training. Um, so it's, uh, you know, in many ways, it's going to be a phenomenal opportunity. So,
0: so talk to me about the, the, the personal training point, because one of the reasons why we scheduled it the way we did was everybody right now has some sort of promise, resolution, <laughs> however you want to call it, yeah, about yeah. getting in better shape and making some, some sort of change in their lives. Yeah. So what are you hearing, and how would you recommend that people go about making some of these changes in a way that the, that is uh, sustainable?
1: Yeah, you know, I think the probably the two most important things, number one is accountability. Um, you know, so when, when people are looking to make a New Year's resolution and get back to the gym or, or maybe eat better, um, you got to have somebody to do it with, you know, when you're trying to do it by yourself, you know, just like anything else in life. Like it's, it's hard to, to go back every day and continue that cycle. Um, so really trying to find accountability, you know, whether you have a buddy to do with it with or your spouse or whatever it might be. Um, or if you set up with a trainer, you know, and ultimately that's the best thing. Cause then you're invested, you know, as you're paying for that service. Um, so you're going to show up, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, and I think the other thing is is be realistic. You know, and I always tell people if if you want to start a fitness program and your goal is to lose weight, you can weigh yourself day one, but don't get on a scale for three months. And they look at me like I got three heads. And I say, well, here's the thing. Let's just say in a daily, you know, on a given day, your body weight's gonna fluctuate three to five pounds. So depending on what you've eaten, what you've drank, what time of day it is. Your body weight, you know, you might not get a a real true sense of where your body weight is. Now, let's say you get on a scale three months from now and you lost five pounds. Okay. Well, some people look at it as a glass is half empty and say, Hey, I just did all this work. I only lost five pounds. Sure. Or the glass is half full and it's like, All right, I just lost five pounds in three months. I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year. So I think everything, just like anything in life, like you have to have perspective. but also looking at it with an open mind and saying, okay, where am I today? Where do I want to get to? And what are the steps I need to take to put me in position to be successful?
0: Well, it's funny you mentioned that because one of the next things I wanted to bring up to you is why, you know, like you talked about accountability and you talked about, you know, setting realistic goals. Mm-hmm. And it seems like we've all heard that before, but why is it that so many people fall off their routine in less than a month?
1: Um. You know what? I I think it really honestly, I think it comes back to that. Like it's it's not easy to go to the gym every day. It's not easy to put your body through that stuff. It's not easy to commit to not having cookies at night or having some ice cream or hey, take three months and don't have a beer. You know, it's not always easy to make those choices, but I think again, that's where you have to look at it as an individual and say, look, this is my goal. This is what I want to achieve. It's no different than. You know how do you get to where you want to get to as a as a professional? You set mm-hmm. goals, okay. What's my first step? What's my next step? Okay, once I get there, now what do I have to do if I want to get to that next level? Um, it's the same thing with health. You know what I mean? And and I think if we look at just our society as a whole, you know, if we could get more people exercising, you know, healthcare costs are going to go down, medical, you know, all that stuff. Um, so it's you know it's a there's a huge, obviously, piece to it, you know, when you start to, to factor all of it in. Um, but again, I, I think ultimately it, it just comes down to, you know, an individual making a decision. Um, but again, if you start something, finish it, you know, make that next step and keep yourself going.
0: All right. That's fair enough. So one thing I do want to address, I want to address some of the monster in the room. It's some of the common myths yeah. of weightlifting. Yeah. So. Talk to me about some of the myths you hear. I know you hear some crazy <laughs> excuses slash reasons yeah. that people have for why they can or cannot do something. So yeah. talk to me about some of the crazy things you've heard. And and what do you say to clients when they try to throw them on you?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, the biggest one is I don't have time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, let, let's be honest with you. Everybody's got 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes during the day, you know, whenever it might be. So I think with, with that, I think making people understand, like, you know, just do a little bit a lot. You know, if you do a little bit, a lot, it adds up, you know, over time. And ultimately, that's what it takes to change our body, you know, whether it's to, you know, add some lean body mass, lose some fat, whatever it might be. Um, You know, so if it's somebody that, you know, is simply trying to start exercising for the first time, again, hey, don't try to go, you know, for 30 minutes or go for an hour, you know, 15 minutes in the morning, and then 15 minutes after lunch. Guess what? You just did 30 minutes of exercise for the day. I love it. So, so start simple. You know what I mean. And when I left college, I was working with some an older population. And when you deal with you know people who are sixty years and older, you know pretty much I think the statistics is about seventy five percent of them live in a constant state of dehydration. So what I would tell them is, hey, listen, go get the smallest cup in your house, fill it up, and drink that every hour. And if you do that, you're probably going to drink about three pint, four pints a day. But if you fill up a pint glass, you're going to take three sips and be like, "I can't drink this," and you pour it out and you don't go back to it. So again, do a little bit a lot, and now we get all the work done that we're trying to get done in a given day. Um, that's amazing. <laughs>
0: that, like honestly, I think you found the slogan for Ragnar. Like, that
1: is a great honestly. Like that, I could see that on a T-shirt. Yeah, that, that, that's killer, Emil. Um, but you know, just trying to keep it simple. You know, in a lot of ways. Um, And then, you know, the two probably other biggest things that I deal with, you know, number one is dealing with females, you know, whether it's female athletes or, you know, female clients and and understanding that, you know, I don't, I don't want to get big and I don't want to look like a football player. Well, a couple of things. Number one, you don't have the testosterone to build that kind of muscle. Um, Number two, we're not going to get that much volume in you to put on that kind of lean body mass. You know what I'm saying? Um. So getting them to understand that, and I think the big piece is always if you have examples. So for me, working in college, it was always my juniors and seniors. You know, my freshmen would come in and be kind of, you know, if they've never been in a weight room before, be a little bit nervous, taken back by kind of what the older kids are doing. But then start to look at them, okay, she can, you know, move that kind of weight, but she still looks like a woman. Okay, now I I, I can push a little bit harder. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, And then they start to see, okay, yeah, there's going to be times we might hit a little more volume, my jeans get a little bit tight. And then as we transition through our different phases, my body feels like normal again. You know what I mean? Um, So understanding what that cycle is like and, and what it looks like. Um, you know, so I think that's obviously a big one, and and then obviously the last one is you know, when you start to look at dealing with kids, and and that's kind of where you and I are. You know, we've got our our sons and daughters, and you know, getting them into doing some exercise and stuff like that. And you know, everyone says, Oh, if you if you lift weights, it's going to stunt your growth, like, (laughs) uh, and 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 I just and honestly, like, I still get that question, of course, you do, I still get that question from parents, and uh. And I laugh and and I just say, okay, well, let me tell you about, you know, my oldest son, who's a junior in high school now. And he was, you know, five foot two, 97 pounds as a freshman in high school. He was tiny. You know, now he's a junior. He's five, 10 and a half and he's 140 pounds. You know what I mean? So, and this kid's been, you know, training with me since he was, you know, five, six, seven years old. Um, You know, and again, not like, you know, typical, like you and I would, when we were in college, like you're, you're not doing those types of things, but you know, he's been doing push-ups and squats and lunges and, and all that stuff. Um, so, again, I think perspective sometimes, but when you can use an example and say, look, here's, here's reality. You know what I mean? Like, I get where you're coming from, but this is reality. And, no, it's not going to stunt your growth. It's healthy for the kids. You know what I mean? So –
0: it's got to be a tough conversation though, Emil, because again, I mean, this isn't new. This is something that we heard when, when we were oh, yeah. asking my parents <laughs> for a weight set, you know, for my 11th birthday and they, you know, same thing. Oh, it's going to stunt your growth, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. I try to explain to people like, you're not doing Olympic lifting. You're not lifting yeah. 400 pounds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing, like to really, you know, when I talk about youth training, you know, it, it's got to be fun. You know, it's teaching them how to use their body weight, teaching them about spatial awareness, and you know, so you're doing some med ball stuff, and you're doing body weight. You know, even something as simple as teaching a kid how to do a real push up. You know, and we use blocks to be able to progress progress kids down to actually being able to do a full push up. Um, but in saying that, you know, my my son, my youngest son, who's a fifth grader, you know, last winter we had a group of you know seven of his friends that were all training together, and. By over a 20-week period, you know, these kids are all 5th and 6th graders. You know, they're doing 10, 15 push-ups with a 25-pound plate on the back of their shoulders. Like, it was, honestly, Dean, it was amazing to see the growth. But, again, these kids come back, and we're having fun. But, again, it's serious, obviously, because we're doing some training, and they understand that. And then they start to compete against each other. And, um, you know, so it's a blast. It really is. But you need that right environment. And you also need perspective that it is a fifth or sixth grader. You know, it's not a high school kid and it's definitely not a college kid. So how you're going to progress them and the things you want to do with them to engage them, I think, is the most important thing.
0: So that brings us to an interesting segue. Great points. But, you know, being somebody who, like you said, you know, once upon a time I lived in a weight room. Yeah. You know, I, I, those days are far behind us. But there was once a time where, you know, I was in there six six days a week, probably training too much, to be honest with you. That was... And it, it got to the point where it, it just wasn't fun, man. It just felt like a job all the time. Yeah. Do you think, so that piece that you talked about, adults having, I mean, children having fun, do you think adults miss out, miss that point sometimes?
1: Oh, no question. No question. And I think, I think the other side, too, is like, you know, you need that variety. You know, and I think that's the hard part is, you know, a lot of times people go to the gym, and they don't know what to do. So then they just do the same things over and over and over again. And it gets stale, and it gets boring. Um, And that's the biggest piece I explain to my clients is every three to four weeks, we're going to change your program up, you know, whether we're doing some some volume work, or we're on a stopwatch, or we're going to do actually like, you know, sets of 10, or we might even do sets of five. Um, You know, so I think And I think that's where you – if you use a trainer and somebody that's got a good background and can actually, you know, teach you some things on how to train correctly and then how to periodize and change things up as you move forward, um, I think that's where you engage us as we get older um, is all of a sudden the body's doing things that, oh, man, I haven't been able to do this or I never thought I could do this. You know, that's even the better line that I get. Like I never thought I could lift 30-pound dumbbells. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, we're just getting warmed up here.
0: (laughs) So. So you would say that, in your opinion, again, obviously you're biased because this is what you do, it's it's worth it to have somebody that's outside your head and outside your comfort zone and outside your limits kind of putting these programs together
1: for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, and and again, like you said, like for me, I'm biased because that's what I do, but I also see the results of my clients. And the biggest thing, you know, I remember going back to when, you know, when in college and you have your seniors that have been with you for four years and they show up when they're supposed to be there, you know, every day do exactly what they're supposed to do. And then they get done and they're like, they go in the gym. Like coach, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What do I do today? Can you write a program for me? Mm -hmm. They're like, you've told me what to do, when to do it, how many to do, how much weight to put on the bar for four years. I don't even know how to train, even though I've been training for four years. You know, it's hilarious. Um, But again, but that's where that's definitely where it comes in. And and if you spend a little bit of money, the return on your investment, again, provided you do some research and make sure you get somebody that's qualified, um, I think the return you get to engage you, to keep you training long term wise, is well worth it. All right. Well said. So (laughs) we got a question that I knew was going to come.
0: All right. So the question is from Mike. Where did the name Ragnar come from? <laughs> when I first heard the name, I thought it was a Danish warrior strong name.
1: Yeah. Um it's actually my middle name. Um so it, it is. Yeah, so my my dad was a first generation Swede born here in the United States. Um and I'm a junior. Um, and so once I, well, as I was growing up, I always, you know, I never told anybody my middle name because you sure they were, didn't. They couldn't make fun of my, they made fun of my first name because it was different. And you know, now I tell my middle name, and you know, I'm from Mars or something. But, uh, <laughs> but no, in all honesty, like I always had a vision of you know being able to use my middle name. Um, and then actually, when the Vikings show came out, I was like, oh man, this guy's gonna screw me over. Like now I can't use my middle name because he'll think I'm taking it from there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, and then I just had that idea, um, you know, when my dad passed back in 2017 to take my middle name and to put the Swedish flag overlay on it. Um, you know, I just, it all just kind of came together. So. Man,
0: I can't believe that you, that all those years, three years of football, we played together. Nobody, I, not many people know. <laughs> Uh, you know what we got somebody else that just chimed in. Another one of our teammates. Obed, <laughs> Obed says, I didn't even know that. And, and and Obed was in charge of your of your well-being for three years, right? <laughs> so so wow, the things that uh the, the things that you find out as time goes on. Right. So, so this is a perfect transition to talk about your passion. Now, in, in talking to you um in the few times that we've talked, texted back and forth, you're clearly your passion. Is training uh, young athletes absolutely yeah. so? Talk to talk to me more about that. About why you decided to settle on that end of the house versus you know staying with staying with probably where the money is. You know, training with the training adult clients and, yeah. and things like that.
1: Yeah, you know, um, part of it is when you spend twenty years in college, you see so many kids come into college that we're in a program, and then you got to fix so much of them you know what i mean and it, it gets how so how so when you say fix what you know mean? like um you know teaching a kid how to squat a kid comes in well he's been doing you know three quarter squats for the last four years of high school with 500 pounds on his back and you know or you have believe it or not a kid come in he can bench 300 pounds but he can't do 15 push-ups because he, he's not strong enough you know in his core to be able to stabilize his body and hold that position so you just see so many imbalances in high school kids that come to college and and then you got to do some corrective stuff and fix them and and get them solid again. So then you can build them even higher than where they should have been coming in. Um, so a lot of it was based on of that, um, and, and just that desire to help kids get opportunities, but put them in positions to be successful. Um, and truthfully, you know, I've probably learned more in the last four years than I did in my first 20 years training collegiate athletes, because, we really had to take a step back and look at building that foundation and teaching foundational movements. Um, and I'll be truthful with you. With it. Like I have, I, you know, I use my oldest son as the as the example. But you know, for a kid who only weighs 140 pounds, you know, the amount of weight that he can move is you know well over two times his body weight, and he has no issues with his back. He has no issues with stability and, and body control and Um, it's really opened up, you know, a whole new light to me, which I wish I knew 20 years ago, (laughs) cause it definitely would have changed how I did things in college. You know what I mean? So,
0: well, it's funny you mentioned that because you and I had a conversation the other day about, (laughs) um, we were talking, we were talking about power cleans. Yeah. So, you know, just to give a little context to everybody out there, you know, I'm still very much connected to my local high school. I always make sure that I talk up the athletes, make them feel good. Let them know that, you know, hard work will pay off and all that. And one of the kids asked me, he confided in me that he did not know how to do a very important exercise. One that I always thought was essential to explosion, which is called a power clean. So you said that you've actually started going away from those
1: Olympic heavyweight movements, right?
0: Completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why is that?
1: um, Part of it is, you know, it's a very technical lift. um, And, Again, when you when you're working with a younger athlete, you really have to put that that build that foundation, that base. And we know, you know, you build a wider foundation, you get a higher peak, right? Um, So I think really understanding that. But even in my 20 years of training, you know, my football guys always did cleans, but they also bought into it and were 100% engaged when we were doing cleans. Mm -hmm. My women's soccer players hated doing cleans. All they would do is complain. So basically what I did, I said, okay, well, we're getting nothing out of this. We're getting it out of it on this end, though. So with my women's soccer players, boom, we started doing a little contrast training. We would do some jumping and a lot more plyo work. Um, So, again, you're still getting that triple extension. You're still getting all that power output. Um, And there was no difference. We saw their vertical jumps go up just like I did with my football players. So then as I kind of stepped out of it, then I started to look at okay, do we want to spend all this time teaching cleans and doing cleans, or do we just want to spend more time jumping? You know, at the end of the day, that's what you do in sport. You know, so now if we're doing more jump training, we're doing more deceleration training. Now they're actually also learning how to control their body in space a lot better. Um, and again, what we see is you know again vertical jumps just keep going up and up and up and. Um, we're getting a lot more efficient and a lot more out of our workouts because we're not spending 20 minutes or 30 minutes focused on the cleans and trying to teach it. Um, so in a lot of ways, I think it's inher- enhanced our training program and and really simplified it, to be honest with you. Um, but again, it's all about results, right? I mean, you, as an athlete, you train to improve performance. So whether you're getting it done this way, you know, th- through A or B, you know, what's more efficient and beneficial and what makes the body feel better? That's the other piece of it.
0: Now, it sounds to me like everything you said here has a universal adapter for adults that are getting into training. No question. I, I, again, if, you, if you're if you somebody who has a time crunch, if you're somebody uh, like me, unfortunately, I mean, you've known this for years. I, I, you know, my, you know, the bad knees I played with in college now resulted in one of my knees needs a replacement. Yeah. So if you're somebody in that, it's just, it's just the way it goes. Yep. If you're somebody in that boat, what you're saying sounds super attractive. So mm-hmm. I don't have to put a try to put a bar with with you know four hundred pounds on my back, three hundred fifty pounds on my back anymore. Yeah, I could do jumps or I could do some sort of body weight movement that's going to get me to where I need to go, uh, as opposed to what I was doing before, which quite frankly sometimes hurt.
1: Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you, like even now, like we don't we don't back we rarely back squat now. Um, everything we do is either front squat or or splits barbell split squats. Um, And, you know, the beauty of it is, is, you know, I have a kid right now at Hartford that played at a high level baseball. He's a a graduate student with us now. And, you know, talking to coach and he had a conversation with him trying to compare like what we're doing here versus what he did at his other school. And he's like, listen, coach, he goes, I get it. We don't back squat. He goes, but my legs feel as strong or stronger than they ever had. My back feels great. My hips feel much better. You know, so again, I think you always have to evolve. You always have to continue to learn, but you also have to listen better to your athletes. And I think that's one thing, you know, we kind of get stuck in a groove with a lot of things we do in life. And I definitely look back on what I did from a training perspective, my first 20 years versus, versus what I've done the last five. Um, and that's why I say I've learned a lot in the last, probably more in the last five years because we we train a lot better. I think we train better now than we did, to be honest with you. Well, let me, so let me
0: transition to this really quick. Since we're talking about children, there's clearly an uptake uptick in childhood obesity. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you would recommend to parents? Because I think a lot of parents are struggling with it because let's face it, kids aren't outside playing and riding bikes and, and climbing trees and playing sports like they once were. A uh, play date now consists of two kids sitting next to each other on their phones playing the same game. <laughs> Yeah, so true. It's so so. so, I mean, what are you what are your thoughts? And and this could be a completely opinion piece on yours about about childhood obesity and what can we do to kind of you know steer the ship in the other direction on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the the biggest piece is, as you know, is you know, kids don't have to get involved in a sport, but we got to get them more active. So how do we do that? You know, and I know, like at our kids' elementary schools, you know, they have a running club in the morning. Some kids are running. Some kids just go and walk. That's an easy place to go get your kids some easy activity, and they're with their friends. So, again, it doesn't have to be completely strenuous. But, again, what we always want to make sure is we put kids or we put individuals in position to be successful. So if you put a kid in an environment like that, it really doesn't matter if they're a good athlete or not. They can just go hang out and walk with their friends. So I think trying to find some things like that is obviously positive. and honestly, I know like I've got two of, you know, two of my my son's friends, they're a year older than him that come in and have been training with me, two bigger kids. Um, and in the last six months, I mean, clean jawline, like leaning out. And um, again, when the body gets active, you're going to start to burn more calories, you know, on a given day. And then it becomes habit, you know what I mean? And, and you know, once you build that habit into your lifestyle, you want to keep doing it because you feel good um you know and so i mean i i'm not really answering your question because <laughs> it's uh you know it's a it's a tough one to pin down in terms of how do we change things um but again I, your opinion emil just just yeah. your
0: opinion if you were writing if you were just writing a complete editorial yeah some of the things that you think that 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 we could be doing better
1: i mean the biggest piece is we need to have gym every day in school it's that simple you know what i mean I think that's where it starts because that's where you can control them actually doing environment. They don't have their phones, iPads, computers at home, no video games. Um, You know, but if we have gym every day in school and we have recess every day, there's an hour every day where those kids are going to be physically moving themselves. Um, and, And to me, that's, there's always kind of things that coincide with each other as you go through. And, you know, when they started to cut physical education and things of that nature, you know, the, the uptick in child obesity just continued to grow. Um, you know, so uh, I think that's our, at the end of the day, that's our number one starting point.
0: I like it. Those, those are, those are definitely thoughtful uh, responses because you're right. At the end of the day, at some point we're the adults, yeah. and as a, right? I mean, yeah. we gotta. sometimes you're going to put, pull a seniority card. We're yeah. the adults and you're going to do what we say. And if we, yeah, exactly. if we, if, if we kind of take away the choice, um maybe you can turn things around but i I, you know i just see the way things are going and um it's not good yeah good at all unfortunately no no it's not so Emma, believe it or not we're down to about two and a half minutes so (laughs) tell us a little bit about what's important to you how can people follow you um how can people learn more about ragnar and what you do
1: yeah i mean the only thing that we're on social media right now is on instagram um ragnar strength conditioning um you know, outside of that, um, we haven't really grown that much. I mean, I shouldn't say that we have, um, but it's all word of mouth. You know, in in the area, um, in terms of you know, I live in Ellington, Connecticut, um, but I can definitely you know, obviously, get an email out there to you and pop that out a little bit, and you supply the why to kind of promote myself a little.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, I told you, you know, fly your colors and, and let yeah, you yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah, uh, can I ask you this? So if somebody want, saw this. And they were like, you know what, I can't maybe meet with a trainer every day. But, you know, if they wrote you and said, hey, would you be willing to customize some sort of a workout for me? Yep. Um, is it Do you do the online thing now that that seems to be the trend that things are going in?
1: Yeah, you know what, I've done it a little bit um, more so just for like friends and family, um, you know, and it's uh, but it's definitely something I've kind of thought about getting deeper into. Um, I think the tough part for me is I love to coach and you know i'm a stickler for details and you know kind of ocd with that a little bit um you know but again i think that's one of the things that everybody respects about me when they come and train with me is they're not going to get away with anything you know if your if your body's not in good posture if your hips are out if this is going on like i see it all and um so i think that's where i think my challenge comes in to try to do things like that um because it kind of takes some of my control of the environment away Um, So I think I would have to kind (laughs) of work on that a little bit myself. Um, But no, definitely, you know what I mean? And and again, anything you can, anything I can do to help guide people along, you know, it's a win um, because it's going to change their lives. You know what I mean? And it doesn't matter whether, you know, it's, it's me, you, you know, whoever it might be. um, But if we can put somebody in a better place and and make them feel better about themselves, it's a win for everybody.
0: All right, folks. Well, there you have it. We're up on time. Emil, thank you so much for taking time away from your family. And yep. uh and 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 hopefully somebody hears us and it helps them stay on track with their resolutions and their and their fitness goals. It's again, it's Ragnar, one more time on Instagram? on on
1: Ragnar Strength and Conditioning.
0: Yeah. Right. Ragnar Strength and Conditioning on, on Instagram. So definitely uh like, follow, and uh check out some of the content that Emil has. It's great stuff. And if you're willing to take a chance, it could change your life. So everybody thanks for coming out tonight we got a lot of great content coming up in season seven so please like share and follow our hashtag supply the y on all your favorite social media channels so for emil and everybody else out there have a great night and as always hashtag supply the y.